0: Hey, this is Brett, and we are excited to let you know that today's show is brought to you by the Rocky Mountain Channel, one of our favorite places to get your nature fix, where you can explore the real Rockies. From award-winning documentaries to music in the mountains, this is Adventure with a Conscience. We think you're going to love it. You can check it out and subscribe at rockymountainchannel.com.
1: This is Melissa.
0: And we are here to inspire you once again to get out and connect with nature for mindfulness and personal growth. Naturally! Hey, we are so glad you're here to join us for another Fireside Friday where we're going to talk about our mindfulness journey today. And while we're doing it, it's not really about our mindfulness journey. This is about you. I want you to think about how you first woke up to the concept of mindfulness.
1: Yeah, and you know, it's interesting because I think that, like when I look of my, at my journey, yes, there was a period of time several years ago where I was, you know, more um, more intent on that practice, but when I look at my childhood, and we've both talked about how we grew up in nature, and we love to be outside, and we love to be with animals, I feel like that already kind of made me more mindful. Yeah. You know, unconsciously or subconsciously Mm -hmm. (laughs) whatever the word is um because when you spend time in nature you're spending time with animals you're outside you naturally are looking at the world a little different and you are slowing down and you're you have a little bit more awareness of your surroundings and and the space to have your thoughts and emotions be present to you right but I think that for a lot of people maybe that didn't grow up like that you have to really seek it out and search for it yeah. And I know for me, you helped me a lot with the journey because of your mountains and Den and your your searching and you're growing with that experience. Um, in school, we started probably about, oh, I don't know, five, six years ago, we started a, a social emotional learning curriculum. And part of that, you know, I work with six and seven year olds. So part of that was teaching them about mindfulness mm, and six having, and seven yeah, years. and that's, and it's so fascinating. Like, how do you break something like that down? to children and yet it's really so simple and that that I think helped me understand the concept it's not some elaborate thing it's not some I got to meditate an hour a day to be mindful Um, so that that learning curriculum that social emotional learning curriculum had a teacher component where you had to be in a reflective mind state after every lesson and journal about your experience or kind of your thoughts about the lesson and your own it was, it was really cool. It was like your own journey with the kids. Oh, that's now I don't do that anymore because I've done the curriculum so many years, but that first year that really opened my eyes to, you know, Oh, mindfulness. How long ago was that? We can teach this even to little children. Oh, I want to say five or six years ago. I'm not exactly sure. I don't remember the year that we, we first implemented the curriculum, but I think for me, that was when I was officially, you know, aware (laughs) haha no pun intended but aware of the journey that I was just beginning you know within my within my vocation and then watching you and all you were going through and your journey Mm -hmm. helped me it kind of awakened my interest in that and yeah, remember yeah. how we would go to Barnes and Noble and we started looking at all those Thich Nhat Hanh books and, yes. and mindfulness and we started to become really interesting in it, uh, interested in it yeah. and I know the one for me from him that was really helpful was You Are Here.
0: Yeah, You <laughs> Are like, Here by Thich Nhat Hanh.
1: Like how simple is that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly and, and also I remember John Kabat-Zinn's yes. uh, book um, Wherever You Go.
1: There you are. <laughs> there you are. Right so <laughs> I know for me that's kind of how my journey got started. Yes. However, yeah. I do think that as a child, I was naturally more mindful and aware, mainly due to the environment I was in, or that I chose to put myself in, because I loved just to be outside, and I loved to be with animals, and that naturally helps you slow down and be more aware. But I didn't know it at the time. Right. Yeah. But in you know, in retrospect, I'm like, wow.
0: Well, I think we have we think that it has to look a certain way. Right now, mindfulness has become. And a ubiquitous term, it seems mm-hmm. like in society, and it's kind of watered down, or it's made to, like you were saying, to be something that you really have to practice in, a, in an austere sort of way,
1: right? Or, like you're some kind of monk, yeah. and it's it can be so simple. I mean, if six and seven year olds can learn it, <laughs> anybody can. Learn well, it's it.
0: crazy, six and seven year olds are just starting to forget actually. It's the young, the, the ones with the imagination, oh, the three and four year olds who are. Spinning in circles and putting on capes and oh, being they defi- Superman. Hey, the
1: six and seven year olds do that too all the time. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's true. That's true, and it's uh, that's a good time to catch them. So that... But
1: isn't that cool that we oh, are starting it. already when the kids are so young? Because they start this curriculum in kindergarten. This isn't just starting in first grade. That's beautiful. So you're starting children now. At least in our school, and I know in several schools, you are already teaching them how to be aware, how to identify their emotions, how to handle, you know, conflict. How to how to use deep breathing right. to calm yourself. I mean, it is so cool.
0: For those of our listeners who don't know, um, you are a first grade oh, teacher. this yes, is a first grade teacher.
1: <laughs> I don't just hang out with six and seven olds <laughs> on the side. Yes, <laughs> I, I am a first a grade teacher. But yeah, so tell me, I know your journey. I mean, I know you, of course. So I know your journey with, um, with mindfulness. But tell us a little bit about, I mean, do you agree that when, because you were raised in the country with animals, your father was a biology teacher. Don't you feel that you naturally kind of because of your environment and nature had that planted into you
0: naturally yes naturally (laughs) (laughs) yeah well let me back up a little bit the reason we wanted to do this episode on a mindfulness journey is i was invited to uh, come for an interview on another podcast it's called mindfulness at ibm and it's a employee um, led versus corporate led um, group community group that is really interested in um getting deeper into being present they find that they're more uh, obviously happier less uh, stress more stress-free probably more productive more productive and um so this is uh, you know thousands of listeners and people are are getting on board with the mindfulness concept and so that's why we wanted to start this they asked me to share my mindfulness journey and i thought that's interesting i had never really thought about it as a a mindfulness journey but it really is uh, mm-hmm. beginning with my upbringing my childhood we each right. have a story and it starts somewhere and with mine as you mentioned my dad was a high school biology teacher and um, he was really good at making sure that we got out in nature he, he gave me an awful awful awesome awfully awesome <laughs> awfully awesome <laughs> <laughs> respect and love for nature and he would tell stories and give object lessons you know by the time i was five or six years old i knew the difference between Pipsisawa and Poison Ivy or Sassafras and Spicebush. And he would take us on these outings, these incredible outings and camping trips. We would go caving mm. uh, all in the Maryland, West Virginia, Virginia, Pennsylvania area in these old farmer's fields, spelunking for those of you who might not know what caving means or vice versa. And uh, we would, I'd go kayaking. I remember kayaking at Gifford Pinchot State Park in Pennsylvania. And I, I remember um, hiking along the Appalachian Trail, just Beautiful and incredible experiences that just deepened my love for mm-hmm. nature, which you can't help. I, I can't disconnect the two, mindfulness and nature. I
1: don't think they are no. disconnected at all.
0: No, not not at all. And and well it's because we are nature. Right. We had animals galore in our house. We not only horses and dogs and cats and turtles and guinea pigs and gerbils, but we had exotic animals, so to speak, not that exotic. We had a raccoon named Rocky. Somebody gave us a, rescued a um, great horned owl and we named him Cedric and eventually gave him to the Washington, the National Zoo there in Washington, D.C. We'd go visit him. Um, Snakes of every kind, boa constrictors. We had rattlesnakes. We had uh, copperheads. Bless your mother. We had a cottonmouth moccasin. My mom was a saint. She was incredible. she
1: must have been. (laughs) Yeah,
0: especially when they got out. Anyway, um, because he'd have to bring them home uh, during the summertime and we had all these animals we even had a purple gallinule uh, who has a purple gallinule? i don't even
1: know what that is <laughs> is that like a lizard uh, no I, I see it as like a
0: no it's a it's a shorebird that lives in uh, it's a bird in florida yeah they're beautiful look at that purple gallinule g-a-l-i-n-u-l-e huh. anyway i was exposed to nature to the max and that was my mindfulness uh, for me. It was just because I was in the moment with them exactly. all the time.
1: How, yeah, you cannot help but be in the moment you when can't. you're in, with nature, or when you're in nature, or you're with animals. That's I right. love that. Yep.
0: Again, it's a return home. So, I.
1: What about officially?
0: You mean as an adult? Yes, I mean when I got the certificate. When did you officially <laughs> this year, get the certificate that says certificate? this you is day one mindful. of your mindfulness journey? <laughs> oh my goodness! So you know I mean, life, when
1: were you really pursuing it with passion?
0: Good question. Life has a way of taking over, and you can so easily, within a day, I think we mentioned this in our last talk when we were talking about journaling, how I'll go back and realize that I've gone only one day and forgot what I journaled about I the day before, that that 10-second Tom syndrome.
1: It's like we're falling asleep constantly.
0: Yeah, and so it, it it's an intention. It, right. it was an intention. So for me, I was really into music at the time and had formed a band with some buddies, and uh, we did a little bit of traveling. We recorded an album on that old-style vinyl that tells you a little bit about how wow, old Wow, you're really old. Yeah, I'm and, just and uh, we just, you know, music was my life there for a short while. In fact, uh, ended up with a couple business partners um, moving to Nashville because we had gotten a distribution deal with a Christian record company, and things were looking really good. It's a so lot of amazing. accolades, and uh, we had some investors who, are, who believed in us and were putting lots of money into us. And we even, one of our artists went to number 17 on the Christian record charts. And you
1: were hanging out with people like Amy Grant.
0: Well, we did an no album fair. with her husband actually recorded, uh, not Vince Gill, but it was uh, Gary Chapman, mm-hmm. uh, recorded on her ranch there. I mean, things were looking good. You were living I, the life. Living so the
1: life and not at being At least mindful. according to the world, you were living
0: the life. That's right. And the whole point of this is you can, things can be looking good for you. And whether they are going well, according to the world or not, if you're not mindful and you're not enjoying the experience.
1: Yeah. You're not really living then.
0: You, you're you missing out on the whole big, deep world. Exactly. Uh, long story long, we ended up losing, a, our, our distributor bankrupted on us. We lost a quarter of a million dollars of investors' money. Ouch. And um, eventually put it to, to rest. And I ended up moving to Colorado um, started leading worship at a church here in Colorado, um, performing a lot of music still, uh, giving music lessons, and then got into recording quite a bit. In fact, when I had been in Nashville, I had managed the recording studio, but didn't do a lot of recording myself. And I, I loved what I was doing, but again, was not being mindful. In fact, I felt the deeper I got into it, the more I was losing myself. It was, it's like I, I lost my faith, I lost my soul. It was a dark time for me, believe it or not. And um, I remember being at a Barnes & Noble and seeing this beautiful coffee table uh, version of the book Walden by Henry David Thoreau. It's on our coffee table. (laughs) It still is. I think we have about four other Walden copies of different versions. Something about that really sank deep into my soul. Didn't it
1: just call to you? It just called to you, didn't it? The words,
0: the art of slowing down came to mind. Mm and i couldn't get him out of my mind and i, I, I to this day in, in fact back then it was such a part of my mind that i bought the domain name <laughs> the art of yeah, slowing isn't down isn't that interesting you had
1: the intent then that that was somehow going to be an important part of your life well, it, it that was, you wanted it to be it, an yes important i part wanted
0: it i wanted to slow down i love there's something henry david thoreau one of his one of my favorite sayings of his is i love a broad margin to my life I felt I was going from meeting to meeting, weekend to weekend um, with worship services. There was so much happening in my life and good things, but but, it was crowded out by my soul.
1: But good things can be happening to you, but you can be so busy. It's like you're being swallowed up by the world. You're being swallowed up by even the wonderful, you know, works you were doing. Absolutely.
0: Anything outside of... You're con- you got to take care of yourself first. You know when you're on an airplane, they tell you to mm-hmm. secure your own mo- oxygen mask before you try to help anybody else. Right. And uh, you know, I was, I let my ego get in my way, and I stopped uh, taking care of myself, and just, uh, and you know, I would do desperate things to, to make myself feel like I was better, but I, I wasn't. And so this concept of the art of slowing down started to slowly sink in until I thought, I'm not just going to think about it. I want to do it. I want to slow down enough and whether that meant that doesn't didn't mean going and you know living in building a cabin on in the mountains although I would have loved that yeah that
1: would have and been nice
0: living there for two years and writing about it it meant taking little moments of time intentional first thing in the morning and uh, at that point as you mentioned we were reading some books you are here again by Thich Han was one of the first ones and and wherever you go, there you are. Those those two got me deep enough and interested enough. And I started to um, not only practice it, but I started to, to yearn for it. I wanted it more and more. And it was in 2017, my dad and I took a father-son trip uh, out to Idaho. We went through two craters of the moon. and We went to through Boise and we went up to Lake McCall, up towards Lake uh, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And that was a transformative time for me because... I was on the road. I had gotten to slow down enough to, you know, everything had been boiling or not quite boiling. It was just almost a boil at 210, 211 degrees, but it started boiling there at, at 212. And um, the concept of mountain Zen Den uh, hit me, and I thought, I don't care if anybody else hears this. I, if I do this on a daily or weekly basis, some some sort of a, a recording of my thoughts then, um, you know, I'd be happy to share it with people. But then at least I will be kind of accountable to myself for doing it. And it wasn't just for accountability. It was for fun. I really enjoyed the concept of... Well, also, I read... Let me back up. I read two books um, and then many others afterwards. But uh, Florence Williams' um, The Nature Fix, where she talked about how nature can... You know, studies have shown that a strong positive correlation between spending time in nature and reduction in stress hormones... The, it was like, really? You, that's that's scientific? Because I always knew it in my, in my head. Time spent in nature can significantly reduce your stress levels, lower your blood pressure, boost your health, improve your focus and cognitive function, and elevate your mood, happiness, and outlook on life. I thought, that's amazing. And then Richard Louv, L-O-U-V, had several books on it, too. One was called Vitamin N, mm-hmm. uh, Last Child in the Woods, and several others um, that just appealed to me. And I thought, there is a connection. I can't disconnect nature from mindfulness for me
1: isn't it cool that you knew that you like somehow in the core of your very soul ever since you were young you knew that
0: intuitively
1: right but it wasn't until you were older and started reading these books that it's like oh my gosh there's actual proof that it's true
0: and you know i am one or have been one to not listen to my own inner as ralph waldo emerson talks about in the self-reliance essay you know you listen to your inner genius and trust that voice that doesn't mean you don't trust that God's talking to you. In fact, th- that is but the that voice. that can be His voice. <laughs> exactly. For me, that is the voice. But I wasn't listening to it. And being a people pleaser, mm-hmm. I would just listen to what other people would say or go, you know, look look at what they're doing and listen to what they're saying, uh, as opposed
1: to listening to that Oh, no, still I think you inner always, voice. always need to listen to that inner voice. I, agree. I am so big on that. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, not imagine can you think of so many times that you felt that, but you didn't listen to it? And then later you're like, Oh,
0: and you don't have time to listen to it. If you're not being mindful and taking time to what we call meditation, well, you have to create
1: the space and that awareness and that mindfulness to be able to even hear that inner voice and that intuition, which is huge. So can I ask you in your definition, what is mindfulness to you?
0: Mindfulness to me in, this, in its simplest form, is simply being. You know, not doing, not even thinking. Thinking is is can get in the way. It's just being. And that begins, I, I've learned that that begins with breathing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's as simple as just breathing in, maybe even holding for a moment, and breathing out. Because if you're not doing that, and we all do it without knowing we're doing it without thinking about it if you're not doing that and aware of it then your each your life is passing by cuz your life is made up of moments and that's one moment and if you can connect one moment to another moment to another moment suddenly you are really living a life
1: yeah and i think see i think there's two sides of it cuz you said not thinking yeah. just being but i also think remember a couple podcasts ago we talked about everything you do do it with mindfulness doing the dishes doing you know making your bed i also think and i'm thinking of in our curriculum how we teach this to the six and seven year olds is i have this little chime and it's kind of like a i don't know what it's called it's like a little chime it has it looks like a little um, it looks like a little xylophone xylophone. kind of yeah and each each pipe has a different tone Mm -hmm. and it holds for a really long time and one of the things we do is i just teach the kids just i just want you to listen and I just want you to focus on the Ooh, sound. That's beautiful. Yeah, I just want you to focus on the sound. And it's awesome because it rings for a long time, and then it slowly fades. And I say, when you no longer hear it, raise your hand. And so, uh, the flip side of not thinking or not doing anything is f- is putting all your attention on one thing, such that you're not, you don't have monkey mind. You're not thinking of all these you know, crazy thoughts or or things going on, you're just focusing. And it's so cool because you watch the kids and they just listen, listen, listen. And then they raise their hand when they no longer hear it. And that is like such a simple way to show them what mindfulness is. That is, You know, it's the awareness. It's, it's taking time to just back, you know, back up a little bit, zoom out and just focus on one thing. Mm. So I see it as both. You know, you can just breathe and just empty your mind, but I also see it as focusing on putting being in the moment, focusing on whatever it is you're doing right that second, being mindful. Yeah, Cuz then that's that's how you live in the present moment, and that's how you find joy in the present moment. Wow. Because you're not living in the future, you're not living in the past, you're not all stressed out. Yeah. You just wherever you are, <laughs>
0: there you are. Or what is it? <laughs> wherever you go. Wherever you go, there, there you, you are. are. Well, and the beauty of what you just said, or the danger, let me back up, the danger when you ask me, what is mindfulness to me, is that people will go, oh, that's mindfulness and everybody go, that's their definition of mindfulness. I think mindfulness truly is when you connect with your true self, it's that inner voice again, when you know that you feel the most like you, then you are flourishing, you are happy. It doesn't mean anything, everything is going right in your life at all. In fact, it could be just terrible things going on outside in the world like they are sometimes here now. But it means you are connected. Connected. To for, me, mindfulness yeah. is connection.
1: And for me, it means being an observer. Yeah. Not being wrapped up in my entire life of every single thing that's happening. It's, yeah. It's it's stepping back and observing. Because if you're just the observer, it's really, it's really quite interesting to observe the things you're thinking. Yeah. To observe your emotions. To me, that's being mindful. Because it's like, wow, where did that come from? Or gosh, why is that... Person talking nonstop in my head. Yes. How can I slow that down? So being wow. an observer, that to for me, I mean, as well as you know how I teach the little kids, but that helps me be mindful to what is going on in my heart, in my head, at all times. Yeah,
0: yeah. that's beautiful.
1: Because otherwise, I just I I react. I, I'm reacting. I'm reacting to every single moment all day long. React, 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 react. That's not being mindful. That is stressful. That is very stressful. But yeah. that's what. Most, not most people, because I know a lot of you out there, obviously you're listening to this, you're very into this, but a lot of people in the world, that's how they live their life. Don't you think like 90% of people, or I don't know, percentage, but... I think
0: it was David Hawkins, who, one of my favorite uh, psychologists, Dr. David Hawkins and and thought leaders on this, um, said that about 85% of the world is not... Yeah. Yeah, in that state.
1: And and people use it at oh, I'm too busy. I don't I just I got to worry about this. I got to yeah. think about this and if they're so afraid, I think, cuz I know I have felt this way. They're so afraid that if they Stop worrying about things, and they're not going to do something about it. You know, yeah. or they won't have the control. It'll really, fall apart, it'll if, fall I stop apart. if I if I just let that go for a little bit. It's going to fall apart. People,
0: we have very oh little to goodness. do with <laughs> with that. The only thing that you can change, and Viktor Frankl wrote about this in his book *Man's Search for Meaning*. The only thing we can change is our inner thoughts, our how we react to something.
1: Exactly. Nobody
0: can take your inner freedom away from you. When there's an event, you can choose how you react to it. And there is a a gap between the event and the reaction. And it's in that moment that you're being mindful. And that is so helpful in life because it can save relationships.
1: (laughs) It can, but you have to, I think, in order to get to that place, you know, and actually do that uh, on a more automatic (laughs) basis is you have to have a mindfulness practice. It's like building a muscle, right? Absolutely. You can't just be like, you know what? I feel like I'm going to go run a marathon. marathon." No, you have to build your muscles and your endurance and your ligaments and your, and you know, and your cardiovascular system. But I think if we want to get to that place where we automatically have that space and it's, and it's there and we go, Whoa, you know, I, I, here's the moment. Here's the moment of choice. What are my thoughts? What are my, you know, you have to set yourself up for success by having a, a mindfulness practice daily to kind of be in training, yeah. so that it's a part of your life more automatically and naturally. Would yes. you
0: agree? Yeah, I would absolutely agree. And it it doesn't have to be. It does not have to be painful, but it is a workout. Um, oh, I think yeah. you put yourself in a setting. This reason we do this at Mountain Zen Den, uh, the way we do is because what we were talking about at the very beginning in nature is mindfulness for me if you're paying attention and so
1: to it it's so much easier yeah to yeah to tap into that when you are in that kind of environment
0: absolutely hey love would you lead us in a very short um mindfulness moment here
1: i'll do my Just best kind of slow and things you know down. you asking me to do that made me think you might you might say to yourself well do i always have to Go get in that environment to tap into that space, but you don't. You create that that environment Mm -hmm. by this type of simple meditation. You you can go in your mind anywhere you want to go to any kind of nature setting. So just sit in a comfortable position and close your eyes. Mm -hmm. We're going to take a couple deep breaths in. Hold for a few seconds and breathe out through your mouth. Let's do that again, breathe in, hold, and breathe out. Now I just want you to picture yourself in the most beautiful nature setting. Whatever whatever does it for you, it might be a, a sunset on the beach and you're sitting in the warm sand. It might be a beautiful mountain meadow, a high mountain stream whatever works for you just imagine yourself in that environment and just be just let go if any thoughts come into your mind that are distracting just let them let them flow like a river just let them kind of wash away Welcome back. Wow, that was beautiful. I hope you had some time to just be and rest and come back to yourself in that moment. And remember, you can create that space anytime you want.
0: That's right. Wow. Thank you guys for being here with us today. This was a good time together. Thanks for letting us share our mindfulness journey. We we, we didn't hear as much of yours. Well, I that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. We'll come back and do that another yeah. time. That's all part of the journey, I guess, too, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you all so much for being here today. Yeah,
1: that was fun. Yeah,
0: let's do it again.
1: How about next Friday?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I'm glad you mentioned that. We have a special guest uh, that we're going to be talking to, Paul Hudon, who is an author right here from Colorado, an author who wrote the book, Your Inner Guidance. We just got it and fell in love with it right away. You're going to be in for a treat. So come on back next Friday and we'll see you then.
1: Thanks for being with us yeah. here today everybody. It was it was really nice. A
0: special time. It was. Yeah, and always remember that life is a gift. Nature's a gift.
1: And you are a gift back to the world.
0: Love and blessings to you all. See you next Friday.
1: Have a great week.